Anxiety's a bitch. Episode 5. Sleep. Hi again. Ha. I fooled you. I was going to discuss some sciencey stuff in this podcast, but so many people come to me with sleep problems. Let's talk about this now. And that's a great tip for book publishers, even journalists. When you write about solutions for people, get right to the help. Then put all that filler you always start with last. When you read my description of these podcasts, I hope you took note of all the research and experience that has gone into each of these episodes. I am proud to call out two neuroscientists whose research supports the techniques I've been using for years. These are Dr. Rosalind Cartwright, sometimes called the grandmother of sleep studies, or the queen of sleep, and Dr. Matthew Walker, a professor at the University of California at Berkeley, whose book, Why We Sleep, is an excellent reference. Check it out. Now let's get started. One of the reasons I decided to jump ahead and put this episode on the schedule right away is the fact that the number of people having sleep problems ranges anywhere from 32% to upwards of 40%, depending on the age, and where you live. And it is estimated that only 15% of teenagers get the amount of sleep they really need. Further, disrupted sleep is so often a side effect of anxiety. Okay, okay, I know I promised from the start not to bore you with statistics, but here it is valuable to know that if you're having trouble sleeping, you're not alone. As Dr. Walker points out in detail in his book, Sleep is vital to health. He calls it one of the three pillars of having a healthy body, along with diet and exercise. But we suck at sleep. And you want to know why? It's your mom and dad's fault. Yep, they never taught you how to sleep. Of course, their mom and dad didn't tell them either. So they aren't completely to blame here. The simple truth here is that nobody ever teaches us how to sleep. They just assume it comes natural. The average person should be getting seven to nine hours of sleep per night. Boom. That's it. Enough said. All right. Now, mommy and daddy didn't know how to do it, so somebody has to do it. So, let me be the one to teach you how to sleep. And by the way, what I'm going to show you works for nightmares and sleep terrors as well. Actually, excellently. Preparation for sleep starts hours before your head hits the pillow, and even with long-term lifestyle changes. I'm calling these your sleep prep. That's part one of getting great sleep. Part two are some amazing techniques that take place when your head hits the pillow. Let's talk about sleep prep like a checklist and go through it fast. Much of this you know already, but bear with me. Here's my sleep prep inventory. Sleep prep one. Hours before you want to sleep, stop with any caffeinated beverages and foods. I'm not going to treat you like children here and go through a list of things you ingest that have caffeine, but read labels and be scrupulous. Now here's a revelation. Caffeine has what we call a chemical half-life of five to six hours and a quarter life of 10 to 12 hours. That means that half the effects of this chemical, caffeine, are still active in your body five to six hours after you've consumed it. And a quarter of the effects 
10 to 12 hours after you have last consumed it. So just calculate when you would have to stop putting caffeine in your system not to have it affect your sleep. By the way, energy drinks are loaded with caffeine, as are some sweet treats, even ice creams. Also note, some people brag, Oh, I can drink caffeine right up until bedtime, and it doesn't bother me. Sure, you may get to sleep, but guess what, smarty pants? Caffeine disrupts REM sleep, our deepest and most rejuvenating sleep. Ah, alcohol. Some of us think a good snort is a great way to get to sleep. But here's the facts. When you do this, alcohol gives you a sedating effect that puts you in the lightest stage of sleep, and two effects occur. Yep, again, you don't go into REM sleep. And secondly, you tend to wake up after a short time, only to have trouble not getting back to sleep. Sleep prep two. Exercise daily. Your body has to be tired to go to sleep. Now, you need to experiment here. If you like to exercise late at night, or if that is the only time you can, can exercise, better to do it late than not at all. But for some people, post-exercise can be so relaxing that it helps you to sleep. For others, it can have you so jacked up you can't get to sleep. The key here is to be careful to make sure you drop your body temperature and relax before you hit the bed. This will calm your endorphins down and prepare you for sleep. You're the boss here. Here's the facts. People who exercise regularly sleep better. So, as Nike would say, just do it. Sleep prep number three. Check all your medications. Make sure that the one side effect is not that it affects your sleep. If it is, please contact your primary care physician immediately. This may erase everything else that applies here. Sleep prep number four. The time you sleep is critical. Ideal sleep happens when it becomes dark outside. Further, a dark bedroom is conducive to better sleep. Just shag all the scary monsters away from under your bed and closet. You'll be okay without a nightlight. <laughs> Seriously, we are darkness star. Melatonin, that supplement everybody is talking about, is actually a naturally occurring hormone that is excreted when it becomes dark outside. It begins the body's own preparation for sleep. So be careful about taking melatonin as a supplement. 0.5 to 3 milligrams is plenty. Any more than that is not only a waste, but can also be harmful. A regular time to go to bed and to wake up is also extremely important. Try to make approximately the same times every day, even on weekends. Sleep is a rhythm and a habit. It is called your circadian rhythm. By the way, some people are night owls, and others are morning persons, and that's okay. Surrender to that. Sleep prep number five. No naps. For people that are struggling with their sleep, naps are a nightmare. <laughs> it's a great pun. They disrupt your circadian rhythm and will deregulate your sleep and wake times. 
fight naps in the day. Sleep prep number six. Bed is for only sleeping and intimacy. Enough said. Sleep prep number seven. Keep your bed clean, fresh, your room comfortable at all times. Your mattress sucks? There's mattress stores on every corner. And don't cheap out on your comfort. One-third of your life is going to be laying on that mattress. And keep your whole bedroom neat, clean, and in order. Like I said in the previous episodes, an orderly and clean environment is so strongly comforting. And guess what? A cold bedroom helps good sleep. Control the temperature of your bedroom at all costs. A good target temperature is 67 degrees. Speaking of comfort and temperature, ditch the sweatpants that you've been running around in all day. Change into fresh bed clothes or sleep naked. Humidify. The lack of humidity has many effects on your body that can disrupt sleep. Trouble breathing, itchy skin, tossing and turning to name a few. Make sure your bedroom is not too dry. Some people swear by, and not at, (laughs) white noise machines. They drown out the background noises that may disrupt your sleep. Again, experiment here. And try out one of these if noises are keeping you up. Sleep prep number eight. Now we're getting closer to bedtime tips. So create a bedtime ritual. Turn off screens, stimulating music, conflictual phone conversations, anything that is stimulating. If you like to read before you go to sleep, great. But make sure it is reading material that doesn't upset you or you have to think about too deeply. Try some good escapist fiction. Brush your teeth, get out of your day clothes, and now, sleep prep number nine. Take a very warm bath. A lavender bath is an ideal. Soak and relax. A warm soak has been proven to help sleep immensely. This is one of my biggest sleep prep tips because it works so well. A warm to hot bath relaxes muscles and has tranquilizing biochemical effects. Make sure you dry off before hopping into bed. Plopping into bed sweaty will just obliterate all this prep you're doing. Sleep prep number 10. Be careful with sleep aids. Melatonin, as I talked about earlier, and other homeopathic aids have been shown to aid sleep, but the benefits can vary from person to person. You can try them. But by using all the tools here, you just may find you don't need anything else. The same is true for prescription medications. And keep in mind that these are sedatives that can really disrupt your sleep. They have side effects, and they leave you with a sick, drowsy feeling in the morning. Now we're ready for the good stuff. If you did all these sleep preps right, they just make the next steps much more effective. Your head is on the pillow, and let's get ready for some great sleep. As you lay in your bed, the first step is to close your eyes and to begin slow, deep breaths. As you are taking these breaths, start to take a journey in your mind through your body, starting with your feet, my ankles, my shins, my calves, my thighs, my hamstrings, my hips, Keep breathing deep and slow. 
my butt, my stomach, my back, my neck, my face, my head. Don't rush this process. Always breathing deep and slow. After you finish this relaxation, now here comes the most powerful part. I want you to think about a wonderful picture in your mind, a scene, or a story of something that is amazingly pleasurable for you, your own fantasy. You're still breathing slow and deep. This fantasy in your mind can be a beautiful place you visited. It can be a scene like you were a star in a favorite movie, a sports hero, or it could be making love to your partner. As you picture that in your mind, look closer and closer at every small detail. The color of your clothes. How does it smell? What is the temperature? What do you hear? Engage all of your senses and focus on the tiniest of details. Like your view is getting closer and closer into it. Take, for example, you picture a tropical beach and you're on a hammock gently rocking with a tropical drink on your belly. You smell the sea air. You see a sailboat in the distance. Your hand falls to the sand, and you can feel the grains of sand in your fingers. The temperature is perfect for you, and you can feel, really feel, a slight breeze against your skin. Ah. You might want to create a fantasy story in your head. Maybe picture the most amazing wedding day, down to the food you will serve, what your dress looks like or your tuxedo. After all, you designed it. It's your fantasy. And literally picture the small details of the lace or the fabric of the tuxedo. Stories like this last one are great because you can add on to them over and over. And if you wake up, you want to return to the next part of your story. I guarantee you, you'll be laying there with a smile on your face. This brings me to a great tip about these images you are creating in your head. A bonus of doing this is that it gives you a tool for going back to sleep if you wake up in the middle of the night. You can't wait to get back to your story or your images. Ditto with going to bed every night. You look forward to getting back to your fantasies. Another bonus of doing this imagery is that it prevents nightmares and night terrors because you're you're loading your brain with positive images as you drift off to sleep. And your brain will go into a sleep state with positive data cycling. If you go to sleep with worries and anxiety flooding your mind, then yes, your brain load will have negative data cycling. How could you not have nightmares and terrors? I'm going to say about more about nightmares and dreams in another episode, probably the one on therapy. For some of you, all of this may sound childish, but I guarantee you there are research studies confirming each element of these techniques. I have had the most unlikely people follow my instructions and sing the praises of these techniques here. In addition to all the science behind this, think about the historical evidence. In generations past, moms and dads sang lullabies to their children to comfort them to sleep and told stories or read stories. 
All of these techniques were quite effective. Why? They created images in our heads that cleared our minds of any fears and worries, and we drifted off into a lovely sleep. And one last key. Don't toss and turn in bed. All that does is make your bed sweaty and uncomfortable. Get up, fluff your pillows, sit in a chair, stretch, pee, read, listen to soft music, enjoy the imagery I taught you. When you feel drowsy again, then go back to bed. No worry or problem that pops up into your noggin is going to be solved in bed. Remember, surrender. I've emphasized this in past episodes. We often toss and turn because a problem is on our mind. In episode two, I discussed giving a problem its due. Apply it here if you're worrying in bed. Go back to that episode and review this very effective tool. Here's a tip too. Keep a notepad by your bed. It has several good uses. If a problem invades your thoughts, write a note on the problem and the day and time you're going to work on it, and voila, it's solved for the moment. You've given the problem its due. That notepad also comes in handy for creative moments you think of as you drift off to sleep. Finally, some people use a notepad before they lay down to write down all their worries at the moment. This discharges the worries and puts them aside. Then you can get comfy and get into your fantasy. Again, you've given the problems their due. Well, that's it. Review this episode often and really practice the techniques. They will work for you. In the next episode, I'm finally going to detail what the hell anxiety is. But you never know. I just may postpone that to discuss another aspect of this bitch. See you then.